We find ourselves in the 12th chapter, beginning uh, with verse 13, a story that's been uh, given the title, uh, The Parable of the Rich Fool. God uh, speaks to us through these words of Jesus, through this story of Jesus, and contrasts the difference between a life lived rich toward things and self and a life lived rich toward God. Would you stand with me as we hear these words of the gospel? Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. When I was a kid, I fantasized a lot about what I would do when I was rich. And of course, rich depends on where you grew up and how you grew up, what characterized a rich life. For me, it was clear in my mind. Rich people lived in brick houses, and not little wooden house like we lived in. And rich people had showers and not just the cast iron tub that all five of us lined up in the hall to use every day in our little house. I imagined rich people lived on paved roads, you know, not on a dirt road like we had. I didn't imagine rich people would pick up their telephone and have to listen to Granny Ruby down the hill on the party line. They had a private line. I figured rich people drove new cars and not old cars and that they didn't wear hand-me-down clothes. That was my favorite dream, that I'd have all new clothes one day. As we get older, our ideas of rich change, but those were my ideas of what a rich life would look like. I would share those with my mother, who would look and listen and laugh, and then she'd say, Now, Barry Earl, you know there are a lot of people who are rich that aren't happy. I'd say, well, Mama, I'm poor and I'm not happy, so I'd love to trade rich and happy for a little while, just see how it feels. And she'd laugh and say, Barry Earl, don't be silly. And my dad would look over his glasses and say what he always said, God, you're a weird kid, and then go back to whatever he was doing. We all know we live in a culture that calls us 
to live lives that are rich in things, we're aware of those voices that call us. As followers of Jesus, we're aware of that. And we do a pretty good job of navigating that. We don't live our lives, hopefully, just by these enticements to buy, 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 and acquire, acquire, acquire. We know we don't want our lives to be characterized by materialism or by greed. We know the most important things in life can't be bought or counted. We get that. We're followers of Jesus. We know that the old saying, whoever, win, whoever dies with the most toys wins, is a lie that leads us to a life that's obsessed with our possessions and our stuff. But we also know it's much harder to guard against the more subtle aspects of our culture when it comes to enticing us to live a life that's rich toward ourselves and not toward God. One of the things that come from this enticement is an extreme idea of self-sufficiency that I don't need anyone. I don't even need God. I can make it on my own and I have made it on my own. It's harder to guard against the subtle power of greed that can work its way into our lives. You see, greed is the moral opposite of generosity, the characteristic we should all share as followers of Jesus Christ. Greed is such a dangerous thing because greed robs us of the joy of the blessings we do have in our life. Greed blinds us to the needs of other people in our life. Greed deceives us into believing that no matter what we have, no matter how much we have, it's never quite what? Enough. Never quite enough. And when that gets into our mind and into our hearts, it tricks us into valuing our own life only by what we have and what we do and what the world thinks of who we are. That's the subtle power of greed in our life. And once we let ourselves value ourselves that way, we can't help but value everyone else that way by what they have and what they do and what the world says of who they are. That tumbles down into an arrogance that says, I deserve this, but somebody else doesn't. I have what I have because I'm better than someone else. We've been reminded in a painful way this weekend where that ultimately leads to bigotry and violence. So it is with the dangers of a life lived rich toward self, rich toward things, but not rich toward God. Our text today is set up just like the story in chapter 10 of the Good Samaritan. There's a crowd there and someone steps out of the crowd and asks something of Jesus. In the Good Samaritan story it was, what must I do to find eternal life? This request is, make my big brother give me my money. Make the inheritance 
fair. In Jesus' day and time, the oldest son received double the inheritance of everyone else. And then the oldest son took the place of the father, and he was responsible for being fair to all the other people in the family. Jesus refuses to get involved in this. Who made me a arbiter over these kinds of things? And from his answer, it seems Jesus perceived that this person's problem was not justice, but greed. And so he tells this story. Did you catch how intense the language is in those few verses that tell the story of the rich fool? Six times he uses the word I. Five times he uses the word my. Lots of eyes, lots of my's. No mention of friends or family or neighbor or God. No we in this man's vocabulary. No sharing out of this abundance with anyone else. Just the erroneous thought that he was set for many years to, live, to eat, drink, and be merry. How wrong he was. Jesus said, God says to the man, today your life is required of you. And who will own all this stuff. And more sad still, that stuff can't help you. And saddest of all, none of that stuff's going to miss you or grieve you when you're gone. So Jesus says to this crowd and to our crowd and to this preacher, don't live a foolish life. Instead, choose a life that is rich toward God. From this story, we know that a life lived rich toward God is not primarily known by barns, barns, and more barns, right? A life ri lived rich toward God is not expressed through a limited vocabulary that just has I and my. A life lived rich toward God does not think that the greatest purpose we are born to in this life is to just eat, drink, and be merry all by ourselves. A life lived rich toward God is never a life lived thinking only of ourselves. On Tuesday... We'll have the service for Ray here at 1 o'clock. And Ray was my friend, and he was a great colleague. He was a consummate professional. But he was also an example of a life rich toward God. Everything in Ray's life was about the love that he had. He loved Jesus. He loved his family. Don't sit still or you'll hear how much he loved his family, his kids and his grandkids. He loved the church 
He loved the ministry to which he was called. He just loved the fact that he'd been blessed with such a good life. And as I sat in the emergency room with his wife and some of his kids uh, on Friday night uh, when he had passed away, I listened to how they talked and the stories they were telling. And all I could think of is... This might be the richest man. This might be the richest man I know. You see, a life lived rich toward God is not a life that's about what we have. It's a life that's about who has us. A life lived rich toward God is not about what we manage to accomplish on our own, but about what we do with what God accomplished for us in Jesus Christ. A life lived rich toward God is lived out of love and gratitude and humility and faith. In just a moment, we're going to come to this table, which is the ultimate symbol of how rich God is toward us. <laughs> that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to all of us, to all people, no matter what we have, no matter what we do, no matter what the world thinks of us, we are loved in the richness of God's grace. May we live lives rich toward God in return. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit,